Today, we're going to learn about the responsibility we bear for praying for one another. I think that just about everybody has it in their heart to pray from time to time, right? That, that there are circumstances in life where even if you're not sure what you think about God, your heart cries out to him nonetheless. When I was a kid, even before my faith was really sincere, it happened that I was crying out to God in prayer the night before every big test, which I didn't study for. That was my life of prayer when I was little. It was quite immature. But my hope is that for being together, we grow so that we become people who pray differently. And here's why. Two things. First, because the New Testament teaches us the kinds of things to ask for when we pray for others. That's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, and so here, if you're already thinking about the things that you want for yourself, I'm going to ask you to discipline yourself and say, let me set me aside for this morning and let other people come into my mind who maybe I should pray for. You have people that you should pray for. You've talked to me about it. I, I know that. But, but that's what I want you to be thinking of is others to pray for because Paul's going to teach us how to do that. I'm going to show you four ways to pray for other people from, from his prayers. And then also because when people are praying for others, amazing things happen. And I know this from my own experience. Have any of you ever had life take a turn only to realize that others had been praying for you? When I was uh, done with college, I was really praying for the first time in my life. I was praying for me, trying to figure out what God wanted me to do. And I had a, a really unexpected turn. And it was a whole bunch of events that were miraculous. I ended up, instead of going to graduate school like I'd been planning to do for physics, I decided to go and do ministry in Philadelphia as a volunteer at a school set up for kids from the project for one year. Because I really felt that God had invited me to do it. Have you ever had that clarity that God's calling me to this? That happened as I was praying. Now, I wanted to share it with someone, and so I reached out to a guy named Joe from the church where I grew up. He was the middle school youth group leader when I was a student. I put that guy through so much stress and strain. I was the most awful kid in the world when I was little, in youth group especially. All right, if you work with young people and you're like, you couldn't have been as bad as this one kid, I was worse, I promise. So don't lose hope, okay? Uh, I reached out to Joe and I said, I need to share a decision that I've made. And, and so we hadn't talked for a while, but we met at the Dunkin' Donuts in Red Bank. And after a little bit of small talk, I said, Joe, I am so excited to tell you that I've decided not to go to graduate school, but for one year, I'm going to go do ministry with young people in Philadelphia. I'm actually going to be working with middle school students. And, and his face went from like serious to uproarious laughter. Like he just started laughing hysterically. Everybody was looking at us now. I was wondering, I know that like sometimes people are laughing with you and other times at you. I was thinking this is an a laughing at me moment. But then when he finally settled down with a, a look of pure joy on his face, he said, Christian, I've been praying for this for you for 10 years. That you would know that God had called you into ministry. I am so glad. And the reason Joe prayed like that is that he, he let the way that the Apostle Paul taught about prayer, he let that shape the things he asked for. Rather than just going on and just praying for the things that we, we often tend to ask for without much thought. And I know, at least, maybe this isn't you, but for me, if I don't think through it very much, the, the things that I ask for when I pray for others are very narrow. There's not a lot that I'm really asking for. But, but when I turn away from my own like sort of instincts or patterns and I let scripture guide me, what I find is there are really, really rich paths that are set out before us when it comes to praying for other people. Okay, so we're gonna let Paul teach us. We're gonna start with some of his direct uh, guidance for 
uh, how to think about prayer, and then we'll look at four things to pray for. Let's start with general guidance about prayer from Paul. This is Colossians 4, verse 2. Look at what he says. He says this, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. Now here, he uh, gives a, a very clear sense that prayer is something which is so central to the life of, of a believer, of a person who's trying to follow Jesus, that it should be a devotion of yours. It should be something to which you devote yourself. If you think about it, uh, there are many activities that we engage in that we kind of dabble in or we try now and then. Here, Paul's saying, don't let it be like that with prayer. Don't let prayer be the thing which you try after you tried everything else. But instead, let it be something that you train yourself in, that you practice, that you work at, that you even study. That's what we do when we're devoted to something, right? Let prayer be like that, Paul says, and, and do that with thanksgiving. Now, this is important. He's not saying that because you will get whatever you pray for if you pray in the right way. Uh, there are some religious teachers who have uh, sort of twisted the mes message of Scripture to, to make it seem like that's what prayer is. It's, it's a way of figuring out a secret code to get what you want, and that's why you should be thankful. That's not how it works with Paul. You, some of you in here don't need me to tell you that you'll pray for things that God wants, which are really good, and they still won't come, right? And, and, and that's so, it's not be thankful because you're going to get it. It's a different reason. It's be thankful because God is good and trustworthy even when you don't get what you want. Paul believed that. His own life spoke to that. He had a life where he was rich in accomplishments. He was amongst his peers one of the most revered teachers and, 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 and understanders of the law of God. And then when he met Jesus, everything turned around so much so that he said, everything that I used to think was great, I now count it as rubbish. And Paul did that for a reason. Meeting Jesus uh, changed his identity. So he looked at himself and said, now the most important thing about me is that I'm loved by Jesus. I've got a new mission in life. I want to share it with everybody else that I can. And, and I'm going to be able to do that because God's given me the power to do so. But what Paul knew deepest down is that without the help of God, nothing could happen. And that's why I said, devote yourselves to prayer. You've got to ask for God's help. Be grateful because God is good through and through, even when you can't see it. And therefore, you must, you must do it keeping alert. And, and this is really critical for us. Uh, essentially, what this means is you've got to let your prayers become something that you pay careful attention to, that you work at, that you think through rather than just falling back into whatever old habit you always had. Uh, and for me, when I was younger, that habit was only talk to God uh, about me and only when I get super desperate. Anyone else in here are willing to admit that their prayer life can fall into that kind of habit? Okay, thank you for being honest. What, what, what Paul wants for, for us, and, and more important than Paul, is what Jesus wants for his community is to develop into the kind of people that are praying for each other. And doing that with minds that are alert, and in ways that follow the same paths that are set out for us if we pay attention to how prayer works in the Bible, okay? Now, we're gonna look at four different ways to pray for people. And before we do that, two things I wanna say. The first is that I'd love for every one of you in here to, to trust me here, that no matter where you are in faith, if you're just starting out or not even sure, you've been at it for a long time, God's ears are open to every one of you. So he's, he's ready for you to ask. Uh, he is. He's ready for you to, to ask. And then the second thing is you're not going to be asking about yourself this morning, okay? You're going to let somebody else do that. You're going to pray for someone else, okay? If you um, would let a family member, perhaps, maybe it's your children that you're, you're, you're worried about or you're caring about, or uh, maybe it's a spouse or a friend or someone at work come into your mind right now. Maybe it is someone at the church here 
maybe someone that you know at the church here or someone that you've seen but you don't know them yet, if you'd let that person or those folks come into your mind, we're gonna learn how to pray for them this morning, okay? And we're gonna do that by seeing four things. Here, the first way you're gonna pray for them, and, and this is gonna be true of all of them, is we're gonna look at the way that Paul prays and we're gonna let him teach us. Um, the first thing that we're gonna pray for is this. I want you to look on the side screen here. Is that that person would feel God's love. You may have a dozen things about that person that you think, no, they need this instead. Like they need to get healthy or they need their circumstances to change or they need to finally get that person that will make their life complete or they need to get rid of that person who's ruining their life, right? You might have all of these in mind, but I'm gonna show you that the most important thing and the first thing to pray for is that that person feels God's love. There's nothing more important than that for the person you're thinking of. Look at the way Paul prays in Ephesians 3. This is verses 18 and 19. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Now, before uh, your circumstances get straightened out, before you uh, figure out which way you should go at this juncture or that, before you uh, improve in this area where you obviously need improvement before all of those things, more important than all of them, is that deep down inside, you have no question at all in your heart that you are beloved by God in a way that is so high and so deep and so wide and so great that nothing will ever change that. And it's so great that you couldn't even understand it if you tried to apply your mind to it. That is, first of all, the most important thing about every one of you in here. If I could, as your pastor, preach and teach in such a way that I could be confident that I had done something that made it so you knew that God loved you, I would feel like a success through and through. But I actually know that I don't have the capacity for that. And neither did Paul, which is why instead of just telling them that God loved them, he, he revealed to them that he'd been praying that they would have the power to comprehend that because he knew that that's the only way it really happens. Look again at what he prayed specifically. It was that they would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Um, if you dwell on that for a little bit, that particular prayer, strictly speaking, uh, it's an impossibility because to know something that surpasses knowledge can't happen, right? Do you see it? If it surpasses knowledge, how could knowledge ever grasp it? Greek philologists refer to this kind of language as, as an oxymoron. It's a very concise expression of an impossibility. But, but listen, this is why Paul prays that God would enable it to happen because God is able to make impossible things happen. And, and what needs to happen for everyone that you've ever met is that the first thing is that they should grasp the truth that God's love for them in Christ is higher and wider and deeper and broader than anything they could ever dream of. And, and, and this is what you also need to know. And, and, and the reason you need to know it is that when you know that God loves you and you feel it, and this is why I've, I've suggested that the prayer should be feel God's love since you can't know it. When you feel it, deep down, you change. I know this, that there are some of you in here who can look back at a time in life where things were really dark, really dark, but nonetheless, you were okay and you shined like a, a star, not because you were so good, but because in that moment, against all odds, deep down inside, you had this sense that, you know what? Everything else can go uh, to pot, but God loves me, and therefore I'm okay. Anyone else ever have that experience? I've had that. And, 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 and interestingly, when I look back on those times, uh, it's, it's become clear to me that during those times, it was that other 
other followers of Jesus in those days were not praying for me, first of all, that my circumstances were changed, that I'd um, feel better emotionally, that I'd figure out which way to do with my life, but rather there were friends who were praying that I would know uh, uh, deeper than anything else that God loved me. Because that's the most important thing. Listen, uh, when you know that God loves you, you become secure instead of insecure. And when you know deep down inside and feel it that God loves you, you, you don't have to be aggressive anymore to assert yourself. You're okay with people being in different places than you because God loves you. And when you're no longer, um, when, you're, when, when you know God loves you, you no longer have to be centered on yourself. You can be kind and gracious to others because God's kindness and grace has been for you. You don't have to prove yourself. You're not comparing yourself with others anymore. Your whole entire outlook changes. Now, someone came to mind at the start of the service when I told you you're gonna be praying for others. And so I want you now to think of that one person who you think, you know, maybe that's what they need to feel God's love. Would you let that person come into your mind right now? Okay. What we're going to do is I'm going to leave just a few seconds of silence, maybe five or six seconds, and, and even if you've never prayed before, I'm asking you to do this. If you pray frequently, you're going to be, you're going to be comfortable with this, but in your own heart, silently, I want you to ask God to help that person feel that he loves them. All right, go ahead and do that. All right, this is what every person needs first of all to feel God's love. It's what those who are far away from God need first of all so that they'll come back to him is to know his love. It's what those of us who are close to him but still have questions in our heart need to know his love. And so uh, for, for all of us in here, we've lifted one person before God. Think about that. Uh, however many folks there are in here, that's how many people just got brought before God in prayer. Isn't that great? We're gonna do that three more times, all right? The second thing to pray for after praying that, uh, folks know God's love uh, or feel God's love is that they would know God's will. And that's the second thing we're gonna pray for. And this is why, listen, the reason God wants us to know that he loves us and feel his love is so that we can then know the right thing to do and go ahead and do it, right? If we're afraid that God will only love us if we do the right thing, then we're not ready to do the right thing. But when we know God loves us and, and out of that love we say, all right, what can I do? Then what we need is to know what God wants. Has anyone in here ever thought, I just wish I knew what God's will was for my life? Yes or no? Right, of course, we're all, but, but here, we're gonna learn this, that first we need to know God's love, and after that, we can say, all right, now what should I do? Look at the prayer in Philippians 1. This is verses nine through 10. This is my prayer, Paul writes, that your love may overflow more and more, there it is, right, that you'd, that you'd be filled up with love, with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ, you may be pure, and blameless. His prayer there is that their love, the, the, their knowledge of God's love and the love that they have because of that would be so filling them that it flowed out into good deeds, that they would know what are the things that God wants. And all of us who have decided to believe in God and follow after him will still know the experience frequently of being at some juncture and not knowing which way I should go and wishing that God would make it plain to us. And so here again, I'm gonna ask you not to think of you, but to think of someone else that you know who doesn't know which way God wants them to go. Do you know anybody like that? Yes or no? Yes, only two, one person in here knows someone like that? Do the rest of you know anyone like that? Help me, please. Yes, good. Um, so then what we need to ask for God to give them is this. Look again, knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best. We don't need 
to listen to a sermon, another sermon that will help us determine what is best, although I definitely want, as a preacher, to try to help you see what's best. We don't need to buy the, the latest book, even though books are great, and I love books, and I've bought a lot of them, and I've benefited a lot from them. But before those things, what we're given to do, because this is who God has decided to be, is we're given to ask him to help others decide what's best, that they'll know God's will. So listen, if you know a young woman from youth group who seems to be gifted for ministry, okay, then you should start asking right now that God will help her find her path to, to follow him. And, and it might take 10 years, but you should pray for that, right? Or if you have a friend who's facing a really challenging career decision, go ahead and give that friend all the advice you can. But more important than that is ask that God will help him know what he wants. Ask for that. God wants you to, to ask for wisdom for him. If you're in a small group with someone who's trying to figure out whether to get involved in a new ministry opportunity at church here or at another church, pray that God will give them supernatural understanding of his will. Wisdom and insight that's beyond understanding even, okay? This is the second way that we're invited to pray for others, okay? So now, let maybe another person come to mind. You've, you've already prayed for one person in this message this morning, that someone who needs God's love. Think of someone that you know, not yourself, but someone that you know who needs to know God's will. Okay, if, if you can't think of anybody because you yourself are so wrapped up in what God wants for you, nudge the person next to you and say, you're gonna pray for me. <laughs> but all of us are gonna bring one person up. Seriously, you can do that, it's okay. And and pray for someone other than you right now that God would help them know what he wants. Let's do that together. All right, this is great because we're doing what Christians are supposed to do together. We're praying for other people. Now, knowing God's will is good, but knowing doesn't always get a person all the way there. Because the truth about us as people is that we can all often know the right thing, but still fail to do it. Does, does anyone else have that pattern in their life? Right. So that I can know, here's how God wants me to change, but knowing it isn't quite enough. But this is the great thing about God, right? Not only does he give us a, a heart that he wants to pour his love into so that we can tell the right thing, know his will, he also gives us the ability to do what's right. And we should pray uh, for others, that they'll have the ability to, this is the third one, to conform to God's character, to become the kind of people that God wants them to be. Because anyone who's tried to grow in this way, that they know they should grow in as a Christian, I need to be more gentle, I need to stop going off the handle if that's your issue, right? Or I need to be more patient, whatever. You know that when you try and it doesn't work, it can feel really discouraging, right? But that's partly because maybe you're trying in your own power, but that's not how it's meant to be. We're actually meant to conform to God's character when God gives us the ability to do that, and we should ask God to help other people do that. Here, look at 2 Corinthians 13, and this is seven to nine excerpts from those two verses. Here's how Paul prays. We pray to God that you may do nothing wrong, that you may do what is right. This is what we pray for, that you may become perfect. Uh, don't get hung up on become perfect. He's not picturing a moral checklist, which if once you get all of them right, then finally you're in the kingdom. It does not work like that at all with Paul. His outlook is that because God lends us the ability to do what God calls us to do, then we can be complete in every way. The more and more we trust him, the less and less we're gonna be doing what's wrong and the more we're gonna do what is right. And, and by the way, instead of just trying, what we should do is to bring those people to mind and then 
say their names before God and ask God to help them conform to his character. And maybe you've got a person in mind now, a different person from the first two, who you know needs to make progress in becoming more like the person God wants them to be. And, and if you don't have anyone in mind yet, let me be even more particular here, okay? Because if we look at the New Testament, we can see what does God want from us? Here are some of the things that are like God's character that he wants for us. You ready? He wants us to be people who are patient. And we need his help to be patient, right? He wants us to be people who have peace. And sometimes we can't make ourselves stop being anxious, right? He wants us to be people who are kind and loving. And sometimes it's hard to do that. When someone gets under your skin, right? Uh, He wants us to be gentle and he wants us to be generous and obedient. He wants us to be brave and fearless and strong and faithful and dependable. All of those are the characteristics of God. And and the path of the Christian life is to become like him in all those ways. But the only way to do that is when God helps us. And so the person that's in your mind now, who you think, oh gosh, that person needs more patience because they're married to me. Um, What you need to do is now ask that God will help them have that element of of character. Um, uh, Or whatever it is. So let's spend another couple moments. Have you got someone in mind? All right, we're gonna spend another few seconds in this third way praying for folks. Let's do this. Okay, if each of you now has had three different folks in mind, if you look around, three times as many people as are here have been brought before God, and let's make it four times, all right? So you're gonna add one more person, and this last one is really crucial because in effect, it really is the goal or purpose of the other three, okay? Let me, let me say what I mean. Uh, Jesus wants you to know his love so that you're able to discern his will and begin to grow in, 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 to conform in God's character so that you could succeed in God's work. And that's the fourth thing that we're gonna pray for. For every person, God has work. Everyone. You cannot be too young to have work to do from God. Okay, the, the school where you go, it requires a light to shine because the middle school where you are can be pretty dark, right? I know about this because I have kids who are in middle school. And the middle school needs young people who know, feel God's love, know his will, who are working at conforming to his character and are gonna succeed in his work, okay? And the only way that happens is when someone is praying for you to do it because God's power is required to succeed in his work. And we know that Paul prayed in just this way for the people he knew in faith. Now I want you to look at 2 Thessalonians first, uh, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians 1.11. Uh, here's how Paul prayed there. To this end, we always pray for you, asking that our God will make you worthy of his call and will fulfill by his power every good resolve and work of faith. Okay, the, the reason Paul prayed like that is he knew the only way to succeed in God's work, which every one of us has some part of God's work, if we're coming to Jesus in faith, we've got work to do. But the only way to succeed is with God's power. It's the only way. And that's why Paul says here, we always pray for you like this. I think this is brilliant. You can imagine him um, praying for love here and praying for knowledge here and praying uh, for character growth here. But according to Paul here, every time he prayed, every time, it was, God, give them the power to succeed in your work. Give them the ability 
to do what you're inviting them to do. And every one of us in here has been invited by God to do something. This church altogether has been, I believe, called into being by God to succeed in his work where he's placed us and where he'll place us in the future. But the only way that will happen is when God gives us the power to do it. And that will mean the only way to succeed in God's work is, is if he pours out his, his uh, spirit upon us and, and enables us to do what he's called us to. And, and then, so then for the fourth thing to pray for, I'm gonna ask each of you to let one more person come to your mind. And it might be someone in this church. In fact, let's make it someone in this church, okay? If so far you've prayed for people out there, um, now I'm gonna ask you to let it be one person who's a part of this church. And it could be the person who's sitting right next to you. They're a part of this church. Uh, it might be someone that you've um, seen and never talked to here or someone that you are at work with in this church. But for this fourth prayer, we're gonna ask God to enable that person to succeed in the work that he's given. All right, let's join our hearts together. Uh, 10 seconds of silence on this one. Okay. There we've prayed for four times as many people as are here. And if we add together the folks that were at the previous service and then the first service, that's a couple thousand people who've been prayed for this morning. That's good, right? That's how Jesus means to build up the community that he's building. Now, I want you to look at all four of them. And this is the invitation that comes from Paul for us. We don't have to accept it, but I think we should. It's to devote ourselves, keeping alert, to praying with thanksgiving for these things for the people that God has put in our lives. And I know this the inclination always to be praying for yourself, for you, might be strong. Because maybe, listen now, maybe you don't feel God's love at all and you don't know what his will is for you and your character is a total mess and, and, and when you have endeavored to try to do work for him, it's been a, a disaster. And, and the harder you work at it, you're not getting anywhere. So trust me here. Maybe the next step for you is to stop being concerned about those things for yourself right now and ask God for those four for someone else. And let's hope that someone who you know is doing the same for you. Sound good? All right, let's pray together. God, we love you and thank you for the chance to be together this morning and to learn about how you've invited us and enabled us to pray for one another. What a gift that you would be a God who has time for each and every person in this room that your ears would always be open to us and that your heart also is always open to us and to everybody that we know. I ask that for spending the time as we've had uh, this morning thinking about prayer, that uh, it wouldn't just be a now and then thing, but rather more of us would begin to become devoted to praying as we've learned to pray together this morning. And that more and more our eyes would be directed toward other people the people that you've put in our paths and that we would pray in the way that Paul prayed for the people that he did ministry with. Uh, that our hearts would think, first of all, that the people that we care about need to know your love and that we would ask you to make it known to them. That instead of trying to give good advice and guidance, we would ask you to give supernatural wisdom to the people that we know who don't know which way to go. And that progress would come uh, as we try our best and as we give good advice, but more importantly, as you lend the power that's required uh, for the people that we know to grow, to become more and more like you. And then that 
each person who's got a hand in your work would be someone that we lift and this church all together we lift in prayer and that you would make us successful in your work and we pray for this in Jesus name and because of the example of Paul we pray in Jesus name amen amen